I hope everyone's doing good and hope you actually respond more to me than you did to Pastor Rob. Um, you know, it's no fun to you know, talk to a bunch of deadbeats. Um, of course, you know, I, I learned that long time ago. Um, doing youth ministry for a long time, you, you realize youth do not normally say amen or anything like that. You know, they look at you, you're just hoping that they don't throw things at you or something like that when you minister to youth. Well, tonight I'm going to give you a teachable moment. First of all, I was preparing for tonight's um, service, and, and the Lord kept on um, dealing with me to, to, to do a certain thing, uh, and, uh, you know, and read a certain scripture or, uh, on faith. And I started thinking, I'm like, I'm going back to my notes, I'm like, oh, basically, I taught that same message six months ago, um, to be more um, thing. It was, it was um, March the 25th, 2023, I, I preached on, on the same context. And then um, it hit me. I don't know how many times I've been in my grandfather's meetings for day after day after day after day and taken the, the same verses over and over and over again. Plus, um, you know, anytime I've actually had to do multiple services on a Sunday morning, I take the same context. I remember I did three services. Um, you preached this, I mean, had the same scriptures and preached three different messages. In fact, I, I told people, I think people show, show the last service is better than the first one. But anyway, it's kind of the, the way it is. And then the scripture that reminded me here is in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing. And my grandfather would say it like this way. And faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come by having heard one time or two times or three times or four times. It comes by continually be reminded about what God's word says, particularly on the subject of faith. And so it's important for us to hear it over and over again, because you know what? You've slept a number of times in the last six months. In fact, sometimes you can't remember things that happened to you a week ago or two weeks ago. Go. Some of you, you know, maybe, you know, last night you can't remember what happened. I mean, you just never know. You know, we live in ADD generation that people don't, you know, they, they learn to forget sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. But if you want to have a title for today's message, it's how much faith. You know, people always want to know how much faith do I really need? How much faith do I need for a hot dog? How much faith do I need to believe God for $5,000? How much faith do, do, do I need to believe God for, for my rent? I mean, how much faith do you, do you need? And so that brings me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew, the 17th chapter. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Matthew 17, 14. And I have it in my notes, but I'm going to go there and, and turn there. Matthew 17, 14, New King James. It says this. Um, it says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. I mean, think about that. If I was one of his disciples, I'd be pretty embarrassed, you know, thinking, you know, Jesus just like cursed us out and told us that we were an awful generation. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, um, why could we not cast it out? Um, so, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, 
For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So how much faith do we need? Well, we, according to this, we need the faith of a grain of mustard seed to move a mountain. In fact, it even continues to say that nothing will be impossible to us if we can just have the faith of a grain of mustard seed. That's how much faith we need. Now, if you know what a mustard seed is, that's not very much faith. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of faith. And so I'm gonna bring, I brought my mustard seeds again. There are um, 52,500 mustard seeds in this jar. 52,500 mustard seeds in 3.5 ounces. All right, you don't need to have the faith of 52,000 mustard seeds. You only have to have the faith of one mustard seed and that's not for $5,000. That's not to believe God for $10,000. That's to believe God to move a mountain. I mean, and going on it says, and, and really nothing. And, you, know, you can do anything if you have the faith of just one of these little mustard seeds. So I'm trying to put things in perspective. We don't have to have a lot of faith. We just have to have our faith in the right place. And that's where we're missing it. Our faith is not in the right place. But if we can just have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, and you know, a lot of you maybe have never seen a mustard seed, um, if you go to your local grocery store, go to the spice aisle and you can buy your own mustard seeds, 52,000 of them, actually 52,500, we'll give a take, you know, it might not be an exact number, but according to an estimated number, there's 15,000 mustard seeds in an ounce. All right. So you can do the math. Um, so, I mean, when it puts those things in perspective, you know, people think, well, man, you know, I have a, I have a bill, a thousand dollar bill or a $5,000 or $10,000 bill. How much faith do I need? Well, very little, very little. You don't have to have a lot of faith. In fact, that's the thing about it is, you don't have to have a lot of faith for, for anything. The thing is, is for whatever reason, we make it seem hard. Because in our own perspective, well, if I'm gonna need, move a mountain, I'm gonna have to get a mountain load of faith. I mean, because that's what, in our own minds, we're thinking, in order to move a mountain, we need a mountain load of faith. In order to do this, we need this much faith. I mean, I don't know how many times traveling with my grandfather, people would say, well, well I wish I had the faith of Brother Hagen." Well, you do. You, you have the same faith. It's just, you know, the, the deal is, I, can, I, can, I know, first of all, these disciples, probably when they were trying to cast that demon out, they didn't believe that it was going to go. See, you have to believe it's going to happen. I mean, there's so many times that we would like things to happen. We're praying for things to happen, but we don't actually believe it's going to happen. We want it to happen really bad. But, you know, want it to happen really bad is not good enough. We have to believe. Now, we have to believe. Now, here's the thing. Um, we have to believe in our God. And that brings me to my favorite scripture, Mark chapter 11, verse number 22. And if I signed your Bible or signed my book or anything like this, I'll always put Mark eleven twenty-two, Because if you get a hold of Mark eleven twenty-two, 22, it, it'll change the way you think. Um, it says this, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. 
And I tell you what happens a lot of times whenever we are supposedly, you know, speaking to our mountain, our, we're trying to have faith in ourselves. We're trying to think, you know, if we speak loud enough or we speak hard enough or, 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 or we fast and pray or pray fast or do something or give or, you know, you know, because, you know, we heard brother so-and-so's, you know, 99 steps how to receive from God, you know, step one, step two, step three, I call it the hokey pokey faith. What do you mean? Anyone know what the hokey pokey is? You know, we have a young generation that might not know who Hokey Pokey is, but you know, Hokey Pokey says you put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in and shake it all about, and then you do the left foot and going on. You know, and I think a lot of people are trying to do the Hokey Pokey, making sure they do step one, step two, step three, and then they're like, oh man, I forgot to put my left elbow in. And it all screwed up. No, there's only really one step, and that's to have faith in God. Because if, if you can have faith in God, there is nothing impossible to you. Because with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. All thing is an all-inclusive word, meaning all. Everything. You know, and a lot of times, you know, it's really hard to put those things in perspective when we're going through a, a situation where, you know, we need money, we need this, we need that, we need healing. But, you know, we need to understand how good our God is and how much he loves us. And it doesn't take a lot of faith. And the same faith that you use to get saved. And I've never heard someone say, Craig, man, I came and I tried to get saved, but it was just so hard. I mean, I did the steps. I mean, you know, I asked Jesus to come into my life and, you know, no, I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I said the, I prayed the prayer of salvation and something changed on the inside. Well, what changed? But, you know, they became a new creature. Well, we need to say, it's the same faith that saves you. It's the same faith that heals you. It's the same faith that sets you free. There's no different faith. And, you know, maybe if you're struggling with a lot of stuff, maybe you need to get, you know, a bottle, you know, put one in your office, you know, put one in your bathroom. I mean, you know, keep looking at mustard seeds and so just see how little amount of faith you really need. A mustard seed can move a mountain. All right. Now, the, the thing about it is the mustard seed doesn't do anything by itself. If we have that much faith in God, just a little faith in God, have faith in God. Or have the God kind of faith. You know, um, a lot of time, one time I was actually praying. I'm like, how do, I, how do I describe the God kind of faith? And that's when God brought me to Genesis chapter 1, where it says the earth was null and void. And God said, let there be light. And after he prayed for 40 days and 40 nights, the light came on. No, it didn't happen that way. That, that's how we think it should happen, but that's not how it happened. How it happened is God said, let there be light, and there was light. Why was there light? Because God said so. God said so. And when our faith is in God, it's just like God saying so. And that's what Jesus is saying here in Mark chapter 11. Whenever you say to a mountain, it's just like God saying to, you know, you know, to the earth, you know, let there be light. You know, but you, you realize that when God said, let there be light, he expected the sun to come on. He expected the light to happen. He expected it. Now, um, you know, why do you expect it? Well, number one, he's God. You know, we, we sing it. He's God on the platform, God on the floor, God in the amen corner, God all over the place. No, he's God. You know, and, some, and that, that's what messes us up. We're saying, well, but he's God and I'm not God. 
Yeah, you're not God, but the Bible says to put your faith in God. To have the God kind of faith. To speak like God would speak. And expect things to happen like God expects things to happen. And we don't have to have a lot of faith. All we have to do is have a little bit. Just a little bit. Can you not have a little bit of faith? And I mean, that's why Jesus was mad at his disciples. and said, don't you have a little bit of faith? Don't you believe? Now, you know, probably... More than likely, what happened is his their disciples didn't do what Mark chapter 16 tells us to do. Mark chapter 16, um, verse number 17 says this, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons. See, it says in the name of Jesus they're gonna cast out demons. They're not gonna cast out demons because they say demons go. You have to say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. See, the authority is in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, things have to change. Things have to change when you speak the name of Jesus. And it's not about your faith. It's about you putting your faith in his power and his ability and his authority. I mean, you know, obviously you can't move a mountain. Literally, you can't, I don't care how much dynamite and bulldozers you have. And maybe, maybe eventually you could move a mountain with enough dynamite and bulldozers. It's going to take you years to move. And not only that, the Bible talks about uprooting a mountain and being thrown into the sea. I mean, we're not talking about just moving it a little bit. I mean, you know, it takes you long enough just to move a little bit of dirt. If you're trying to do some excavating in your yard or whatever, or maybe you're building a building. I mean, like when they build this building, they had to move a lot of dirt in order to, to, to do the mountain. But, but, you know, the thing about it is you can move a lot of dirt very quickly if you put your faith in God. All you have to do is put your faith in God. But anyway, it goes on to say, in my, in my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it by, will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the thing about it is whenever you lay hands on the sick, do you expect them to recover or not? You know, I mean, what do you expect? What is your expectation? You know, remember, it doesn't take a lot of faith. It takes the right kind of faith, pointed at the right direction, to put your faith in God at all times. You're not going to make it happen. You're not going to make a mountain move. You're not going to make, you know, $10,000 appear. Now, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they teach, well, you know, you have to get faith gradually. You know, first you believe God for a hundred dollars and you believe God for $200 and three, you know, here's the deal. When you have believed God for a certain amount, it's a lot easier to believe God for the next amount. But you know what? If you need $10,000 tomorrow, there's no reason you can't believe God for $10,000. See, that, that's a lie from the devil. See, the devil will try to tell us, well, you know what? You've never believed God for a hot dog. And look what you need. You've never believed God for a hot dog. And, and the doctor said they can't do anything. So what are you going to do now? Well, you're going to believe God. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to, I mean, you know, surely I can have this much faith of as one little grain of mustard seed. I mean, mustard seeds are one of the smallest seeds um, known to mankind. I think there is one other smaller seed, but it actually doesn't produce um, an edible plant. Um, so, um, 
I mean, the thing about it, we don't need a lot. And, and I think a lot of times our own mind messes with us and we're thinking, man, this is a big situation. This is a big problem. This seems like there is no way, you know, this gonna happen. Well, is it bigger than moving a mountain? I mean, you know, I think you need to put your problem in perspective because if it's bigger than moving, I mean, I, I doubt anyone has a problem bigger, bigger than moving a mountain. You know, but, but, but see, what happens is we in our own mind think, well, yeah, but I can't move a mountain. And no, you can't move a mountain. But your God can. Your faith in God can. All things are possible to them that believe. Mark 9, 23, you know, if you can believe, all things are possible. The thing is, the big if, can you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that mountain's gonna move? Do you believe, you know, that that the things that you say will happen? Now, going on back to Mark chapter 11, um, you know, and obviously if anyone knows, this is my grandfather's keynote verse, Mark chapter 11, verse number 23, and it talks about moving a mountain once again. Uh, It says, for assuredly, I say to you, um, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now notice it says that you're going to have whatever you say. All right, it doesn't say you're gonna have whatever the pastor says or your parents say or, or, or anybody else says because a lot of times, I don't know how many times people wanna come and say, well, if I can just get the pastor to pray, if I can just get brother so-and-so to pray, well, you know what, if they could just get you to pray. If they could just, and hit, now here's something else. A lot of people are praying for something when the, you know, this verse actually says to speak to it. It doesn't say to pray for your mountain. You know, a lot of people are praying for their mountain when they should be speaking to their mountain because they have the authority to speak to that mountain. That mountain has to move. Now, I've heard people say, well, this scripture is only for the disciples. Well, then why did Jesus say whoever or whosoever? He didn't say, this is for you 12 and no more. All right, and you know, the apostle Paul wasn't one of the original disciples. I mean, you know, this scripture is for you and you need to understand it's for you. And it says that whoever says to this mountain, see, you have to open up your mouth and begin to speak. All right, I mean, you know, if if you have something that you need, you speak to it. I mean, I, I speak to things over and over again. You have to move, you have to move. I mean, you can't say, devil, you have no right, you have no authority, and in the name of Jesus, I command this thing to happen. You know, and see, that's the thing, is the devil is out to try to stop it from happening. But you need to, but when you're speaking to the mountain, you gotta expect it to move. If you don't expect it to move, it's not gonna move. See, a lot of times people are hoping and are praying when they they should be speaking. You're not being hoping and praying. You're, see, my faith is in God, not me. I, I can't move a mountain. You can't move a mountain, but your God can. 
And that's what you need to understand. You're not the person that's moved the mountain. You're just the person that's speaking to the mountain. God doesn't say for you to move a mountain. It says for you to have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed and you speak to that mountain and let me move it. Now let me move it. Now here's what happens is sometimes our mountain doesn't move fast enough for us and we get mad. And we're like, well, I spoke to it. I waited 28 minutes and God didn't move my mountain. And then sometimes, you know, hopefully you're fa- you, you, you wait longer than 28 minutes. But anyway, we live in an ADD generation. So, I mean, you guys can't wait three minutes for your popcorn to cook in the, in the microwave. Well, it says it's supposed to pop in two minutes and 50 seconds and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is that is when we speak, we have to know it's going to move. And it might not move immediately. But we don't lose faith because our mountain doesn't move immediately. What do we keep doing? We keep speaking. And we keep speaking. And we keep speaking. And I'll, I'll just say, thank you, Father, my mountain's moving. Thank you, Father, my mountain's moving. Thank you, Father, I don't have a mountain anymore. You know, thank you, Father, that that, that mountain's not my problem anymore. That's your problem. That's your mountain, Lord. You have to move it. If you, if you don't move it, you're a liar because my faith is in you that you're moving my mountain out of my way. I mean, I don't know. I've reminded God many times, said, you know, God, this is where my faith is. So either you're a liar or you're not a liar. You know, that's what Brother Hagin said when he was on the deathbed. Um, when, well, I guess I'm going to get to Mark 11, 24. But anyway, um, you know, he, he says that, that you said that what things soever you desire when we pray, believe that we receive them, we shall have them. He says, I desire a well body more than anything else in the world. And Jesus, if you were sitting right in front of me and you told me that I didn't desire a well body, I'd have to call you a liar. And that's when the Lord told my grandfather, he says, well, what do well people do at 10.30 in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning? He says, well, they get out of bed. So the Lord, you know, my grandfather got out of bed. He grabbed a hold of the bedpost, if you listen to the story. And, and, um, you know, kind of swung his legs over because he was partially paralyzed. And he says, as soon as he grabbed that bedpost and as soon as he got, you know, got up on his feet, he's holding on to the bedpost with all his strength he, he had because, you know, he'd been bed fast for a, for a long time. I mean, you know, sometimes whenever you get out of bed, if you're halfway tired, you can barely walk. Think about being bed fast for a long time with partially paralyzed. I mean, um, I know because I have a sleep indicator on my watch. Anytime there's times that, that I wake up out of a deep sleep. And when I wake up, I, I'm like groggy. I can barely walk to go to the bathroom, you know, in the morning time. Cause the first thing I do in the morning, by the way, I know too much information, but that's um, pretty much, that's, that's where I walk to the restroom area. All right. Um, and, and so, well, cause I don't like to wake up 18 times in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So I hold it, you know, so it's, um, um I'm a real person. Okay. So, you know, I'm just thinking this morning, I was kind of walking all groggy or, or whatever. And so, so, so here he was. I mean, he's holding on to the bedpost with everything he had. And immediately he said that something hit him on the top of the head. And it began to ooze throughout his body. And it felt like pins and needles were flowing through his body. And he says, if it wouldn't have felt so good, it would have hurt so bad. Because what it was, that was his nerves waking up. 
That was, that was, you know, because when you haven't felt for a long time, it's felt good to feel. But it actually hurt because, because his nerves were waking up. And he walked, he, he put his clothes on and walked to the breakfast table, you know, and, and you know, you know from, from that day to, to the day he passed away, almost 20 years ago, 20 years next week would be 20 years, um, he preached the gospel. You know, and um, the thing about it is we just... You know, I, I just wonder if, if Jesus talking to his disciples, talking about a perverse generation, what do you think about us sometimes? You know, we're a bunch of murmurers and, you know, we think, well, well, I don't know. You know what? It doesn't matter what things feel like. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter that it seems that there is no way. What matters is that God is still God and God's still on the throne. And God has given us the authority and the ability to speak to our mountain and our mountain has to move if we speak to it. You know, and like I said, it you know, goes on to Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Um, the New King James says, says this, Therefore I say to you that what things soever you, you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now the Bible says you're going to have them when you ask. It doesn't say you're going to have them whenever you have them. And see, that's the thing. Well, you say, well, how do I have something that I don't have? That's called faith. Faith is unquestioning belief without any proof or evidence. And you're like, well, that sounds weird. How do I have something when I don't have it? Because you have it by faith. Well, how do I have it by faith? Well, see, that's why, that's why you get mixed up because your, your brain's thinking, well, how, how, how? Well, how's a question, by the way? Faith is an unquestioning belief without any proof or evidence. All right, you can't ask questions. The Bible says to only believe. It doesn't say, you know, to question. It doesn't say to figure it out. It's not us. To, we're not supposed to figure it out. I, I'm, I've never tried to figure out how a mountain's going to move. That's not my job. My job is to speak. My job is to believe. My job is to put my faith in God. That's my job. My job is to have just an eat insy bitsy, you know, amount of faith in my God that he's going to move my mountain. He's going to make my situation, you know, but, you know, and, and we have tons of examples going from the old Testament to the new Testament where, where, where God made things happen, you know, to children of Israel. You know, I, I talked the other day about having a Red Sea moment. I'm here to tell you in life, there's going to be times that you're going to need to have a Red Sea moment. It looks like there is no way. It looks like that you have, you know, water in front of you and you have an army coming after you. What are you going to do? You're going to put your faith in God. You're going to trust God. You're, you're, you're going to trust God and he's going to make it happen. But I do want to read one more scripture because we have four minutes. Uh, actually, not quite four minutes, three minutes and whatever. Um, Mark eleven twenty five. it says this, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And you know, many times people say, well, you know, I've forgiven him, but I have never forgot it. If you haven't forgot it, you haven't forgiven him. You know, the deal is, it's not worth it to hold a grudge. You know, in fact, I like what it says in the new, I mean, in the King James, even though this is a, 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 a word we don't use, but you can understand it. It says this, um, verse 25, Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, 
that your Father, which is also in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So here's the thing. Here's how we think about ought. If you happen to be in a social situation, maybe you're at a wedding, maybe you're at a funeral, maybe you're here at church, all right? And there's somebody that's here that you see. And when you see him, you don't think kind things or you don't want to talk to him or you try to avoid him. That's ought. Because if you've forgiven them, then you don't have to avoid them. You can have a conversation with them. You don't get mad every time you see him. All right? Now, um, you say, so, well, how do I get rid of it? Then you just forgive them. Now, well, well yeah, but, but they've done this, and they've done that, and they've done something else, and that, you know, they're a person. I'm here to tell you, people are going to fail you. People are cruel, people are mean, people are going to do things to you, and someone might be your relatives. All right? You know, the thing about it is, you're going to have to learn to let it go. You know, Jesus learned to let it go. I, I think the best example is when he was there hanging on the cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. So maybe you need to say this thing, Father, forgive them, so they don't even know what they're doing, just forgive them. You know, I mean, if you're holding a grudge against somebody, just stop. It's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, here's the thing. If you come in a social setting like that, I mean, especially if they're here in this church and they happen to sit close to you all the time, why would you want to make yourself miserable? You might as well drop it so that way you're not miserable anymore, that you can come and, and, and have it. You say, you know what? Well, well, they say, yeah, but Craig, but they're not going to drop it. I don't care. You know, if they're not going to drop, if they're going to be mad, then let them be mad. It does, you can't control them. All you can do is control yourself. And if you have ought against somebody, just get rid of it. If there's somebody that you're holding a grudge, you know, get, get rid of your grudge. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, here's the thing that God doesn't hold grudges. Jesus doesn't remember, you know, it says, but God says, I'll remember your sin no more as far as the east is from the west. You know, yeah, people do things. And they said, yeah, but they kept doing it over and over again. Well, remember the 70 times seven verse? You know, that we got to forgive them 70 times seven. And, you know, like, you know, that's 490 times. That's kind of quite a lot. Man, you know, people are people. So what I do sometimes in, in order so I don't get mad at people, I make excuses for them. Well, if I, if I lived in their situation, I might be mad too. I might be miserable all the time, you know, that, you know, but the deal is, um, so then you feel sorry for them. You know, it's just like the other day I was talking to somebody and, and it is true, I, I, you know, is that when people are sick, um, you know, not feeling good, they get irritable. And sometimes irritable people say mean things. You know, like, well, the, the, you know, they weren't feeling good. You know, you're like, yeah, but he doesn't feel good 24 seven. I mean, well, you know, there's people in the world that are irritable, you know, I mean, you know, even though they might be a Christian, they haven't, they, they don't know the love of God. So don't let some stupid, you know, unforgiveness stop you from, from moving your mountain. It's not worth it. Just let it go. Just let it go. You know, I mean, I, I actually, this is you know, something I told someone the other day, and this is what I believe. I'm incapable of holding a grudge. Incapable of it. I mean, I, I, my, it won't, I mean my, my, my thought life won't allow it. 
You know, I don't know why, I guess, because that's just the way I, I grew up. I've watched, I guess it was an example from my grandfather. I've seen my grandfather make excuses for people. In fact, I remember one time that my grandfather and my grandmother were talking to another minister and somebody asked about a certain guy and um, a certain person. And um, my um, grandfather says, well, you know, he's, he's fine, you know, whatever. My, my grandmother says, well, Kenneth, tell him how you really feel about him. He goes, honey, you know, that's a long time ago. He, he, I'm sure he's changed since then. I mean, you know, he made an excuse for me. Maybe he hadn't changed. But you know what? My grandfather just decided that, that it's, been, it's been years, so I'm sure he's changed since the last time I've talked to him. You know, you know this is way before Facebook that you can actually see how the guy's doing, you know, all the time. But, you know, the, the thing about it is miserable people are just miserable. Let them be miserable. And you just continue to just have your little mustard seed faith, continue to move your mountains, continue to understand that you can put your faith in God and his power and his ability. And there is nothing you cannot believe God for. Amen. Let's all stand up. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We thank you, Father, that each and every time that we're going through a situation that seems impossible, it seems like we have to move a mountain, we thank you that we'll remember that there are 52,500 mustard seeds and 3.5 ounces. And help us to understand we don't need a lot of faith to move a mountain. We don't need a lot of faith to, to take care of the situation. And Father God, we just thank you right now for each and every person. It's going through situations. We thank you, Father, that, that, that those situations have to change in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for, for, for helping them to be able to understand that they can put their faith in God and, and things will change in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Anthony, can we sing the song, that move song? Speak to you. Say to the mountain, move. Yeah. Yeah. You know it? So I say to the mountain, move. So I say to the mountain, get out of my way. So I say to the mountain, move. So I say to the mountain, get out of my way. Because I believe. Anybody believe? Yes, I believe. There is nothing that I need. There is nothing that I need. There's nothing that I need that he won't supply Cause I believe, oh yes I believe, yes I believe There is nothing that I need, there is nothing that I need That he won't provide, there is nothing that I need Whenever you're going through a situation, you need to move a mountain. Maybe you need to remember that song. That was a great song that Brother Clinton Unterbach wrote many years ago. And he used to sing 
my grandfather's meetings. Amen. If you're a first-time visitor, we're glad to have you here tonight. Um, the connection team is in the aisle. They want to take you back and give you um, a gift that we have for you. Praise God. Uh, don't forget, we have service back here at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Um, turn around, shake hands with two or three people, um, and you're dismissed. God bless you.